Good morning, everybody. We'll be reading one of Jesus' marvelous miracles when he's calmed the storm. It's a, we're, open your books to Mark chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 35 to 41. That's Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. <clears throat> That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. It's hard to believe that our teacher's workshop is is here. It's been months in the planning. Our workshop leader is Tom Tigner from Lebanon, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville. And I hate to say it, he is a Nashville Predators fan, but please do not hold that against him. (laughs) Tom recently retired after more than 21 years with 21st century Christian. Tom has also served the church in both full and part-time capacities as a youth minister, single adult minister, education minister, worship leader, and pulpit minister at several congregations in Tennessee. We're glad that Tom is here to lend his expertise and help to provide our teachers with more uh, tools for their toolbox as they prepare their lessons for our kids. Tom? When I sat down several minutes ago, I, there were only about six of us in the auditorium. I turned around, look now, we're, we're pretty full. It's good to have you here today, and it's a, it's a great privilege to be here, uh, to be able to worship with you today and to, uh, and to share from God's Word during this hour. Um, for those of you who might not have signed up for the, for the teacher training this afternoon, uh, it's not too late. And uh, it's for more than teachers Uh, It's good for husbands and wives. It's good for parents and children uh, to understand each other better. It's good uh, for your work relationships and the things that I think we'll learn this afternoon uh, will go, will certainly zero in on what we do as Bible school teachers, but but it will go a lot deeper than that and you'll you'll find uses for it in so many other parts of your life. So uh, even if you haven't signed up yet, I hope you'll, I I hope you'll take advantage of the opportunity and do that. Uh, it's it's really good to be here. Uh, I've only had one other trip to Canada, and that was uh, to Regina several years ago uh, to do this same workshop. And I think uh, 
a handful uh, heard the same presentation there and haven't changed much on this. It's worked, so I've left it alone. Uh, so I'll, I'll do that again. Uh, Glenn did um, allude to the elephant in the room that uh, that I am I, I, I am from. Uh, I, I don't live in Nashville anymore. I live just outside in in Lebanon. Uh, and I have to tell people, you know, say you're from Lebanon, and I say, no, that's in the Middle East. I'm from Lebanon, and uh, spelled the same way, but that's that's what we do to it in Tennessee. And uh, I, we have we have a main street that goes through uh, Nashville that we call Lafayette. And you know, if you can do the interpretation, it's Lafayette up here, but it's Lafayette in uh, in Tennessee. So we, we have our way of doing things. Um, but uh, the, the second elephant in the room that we need to acknowledge, besides me being a, a Predators fan, I did talk to the Predators team and ask them if they couldn't give me a little slack. You know, I'm coming to Canada and it might be okay if you lose this first game and make it a little easier on my on my presence. And they, the boys agree. The boys agree. So uh, I can't make any promises from here on out, but uh, for this one, uh, we're, we're okay. I, I, I want to share... Um, just a word to encourage teachers, the elders, uh, in addition to the workshop this afternoon, asked if, uh, if I would uh, share something that would just encourage all of you as teachers. And this, this again, is broader than just being a teacher in a classroom. It's, uh, it's being a teacher in whatever setting you might find yourself. As parents, you're teachers. Uh, on the workplace, you're often a teacher of someone else to, uh, to learn to do a job. So um, I, I hope it will be an encouragement on several levels. Um, before I get into the lesson, uh, the, the, the next slide shows, uh, shows my son, uh, Daniel, and his wife, Julie, who I, I didn't realize when I was invited here, it was part of the conversation back and forth, that they had visited here um, a little over five years ago while they were uh, finishing up their schooling in North Dakota, uh, had a contact some kind of way and came up and spoke about uh, the, the mission work that they were preparing for. They've been involved in that now for, uh, for a little over five years in uh, Burma, a uh, new name, Myanmar, in Southeast Asia. And Daniel is doing uh, Bible translation work. They, they went over there with no children and uh, something's in the water over there, and uh, now have uh, now have a good bunch of grandchildren. Uh, Mabel is the little red-headed one at the at the bottom, and Teddy is uh, next, and then Samuel is in Daniel's arms, and uh, Rosie is in Julie's arms, and that's uh, five, four, uh, two, and one year olds, and they they do have their hands full. Uh, but they're doing a good work in um, in translating the Bible into uh, the languages that people don't have the Bible available to them. It's a lifetime work for them, and I just appreciate your prayers on on their behalf as they continue that work. They have no plans to to return to the states uh, as long as as they can continue that work. They plan to live there. Uh, we we visited them. In January, it's a hard place. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a hard, hard place to live, and a hard place to raise those children. But they're they're doing a great job, and uh, serving the Lord. We're proud of our kids. 
a word for teachers. Um, all of us have had that special teacher in our lives that has made a difference sometimes in Bible school, maybe, maybe as a part of public education. Uh, somewhere along the way, a teacher has impacted each one of us and encouraged us to be a little bit better than what we thought we could be. And that's, that, that's really the job of the teacher anyway. Uh, I, I had a teacher in high school that was a, a math teacher. And uh, she was one of the oddest people I've ever known. But she was a great teacher. She was, uh, at the time, uh, I, I thought she was probably near retirement age. I figured out later she was the same age as my dad. And uh, she just looked old and acted old. And she lived in the country outside of Nashville and drove in uh, to the high school every day. She was an only child, lived with her parents on a farm. Um, and she was odd, to say the least. A part of her oddness was her speech. You, you might think I talk funny. I think you talk funny. But, but she did talk funny. And um, she was real breathy in the way she would speak. And, and she, she addressed individuals as if they were plural. And, uh, you know, like, like this, I would walk into the classroom in the morning, and I'd be the only one walking in at that time. And uh, in, in, in school, I was, I was Tommy, not Tom. And, uh, and she would say, good, good morning, Tommy. How are we today? And, you know, you'd look around, and, you know, I'm the only one here. How are we? I don't know. I'm okay. But I don't know who else you're seeing. Um, but she, she had a tendency to talk that way, um, taught Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and Geometry. And she had some odd uh, discipline methods that we had, uh, we had the tile floors in the school, you know, just, just square blocks of linoleum uh, tile. And if you got in trouble, if she caught you talking or something, she would, she would say, go to the back of the room and pick a block. And that, that meant you, you found a block to stand on, and she'd say, hold it down for the rest of the class. <laughs> and you, you were just to stand there. And, you know, but she was, she was odd. I uh, had one of my best friends, uh, she asked him a question that was a pretty obvious answer, and he just, he just kind of froze up and he couldn't think of it. And, um, and it was in the middle of winter, and it was a little below freezing outside, and she said, just stick your head out the window a minute and get some fresh air. It'll come to you. And so he, you know, he looked at her like, you know, you don't really mean that, do you? And she said, go ahead. And so, you know, he had to open the window and stick his head out the window in the cold. And sure enough, he came back in and he knew the answer. So, you know, who, who knows? She knew what she was doing as a teacher. Um, I, I wanted to find a, a picture of her. Uh, she, she was a strict disciplinarian too. I mean, uh, she was, she was okay as long as you went along with her rules, but boy, if you stepped outside, uh, you were in trouble. And it was, her reputation was all over school. I wanted to find a picture of her, uh, to share with you, and the only one I could find, <laughs> this is her softer side. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Wileen Pafford. Wileen Pafford. 
and she was a big woman, big boned woman, had a foot about that long. I figured out why we got out of school in the in the summers was that she rented her shoes out as canoes. Uh, but um, and just just a very unique teaching style. She would uh, she would teach a concept all week, give a test on it on Friday take the papers home and grade them over the weekend, and Monday she'd pass them back out graded. And then uh, then she would ask people who got uh, the different questions right to come up to the board and write, write out the whole problem on the board so that the people who missed it could see how to work it out. And the way she would ask you, uh, she, she would say, Tommy, how's number two at your house? And that meant, did I get question number two right? And if I did... Uh, I'd say, fine. And she'd say, how about pushing the chalk for us? And you'd go up to the board and push the chalk. That's what you call writing. I mean, she was odd. She was odd. What can I say? Uh, But one of these Mondays, I I had struggled the week before getting a new concept in algebra. And uh, for the most part, I was a pretty good math student. But this week, it just didn't click. And um, so I got my test back. And there, were, there was a lot of, lot of red marks on it. And uh, at the top, the grade was there in red. And I, I, I looked at it, and I thought, well, this is something new for me. I've never, I've never made one of these. I made an H. An H. And I thought, well, maybe it's an A that didn't quite get together at the top, you know. But it, but it was an H. And... Uh, so I didn't know, I didn't know what, I'd never gotten an H in school in my life. So I, I, I went, uh, I waited till after class and the other kids left and I went up to Miss Pafford and I, and I, I said, Miss Pafford, I've got a question for you. And she's, yes, Tommy, what is it? And I said, well, you know, this grade I got, it looks like an H. And she said, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I said, well, I've never gotten an H. I don't know what that means. And she said, it means you were here. <laughs> Okay, I got it. <laughs> so she was one of those teachers that had a great impact on my life. And um, we, we had a lot of fun in high school making fun of her. But she was a great teacher and uh, got her concepts across. Uh, Jesus is the master teacher. And as was read for us just a minute ago out of, uh, out of Mark chapter 4, uh, crossing, the, um, crossing the Sea of Galilee... Um, and a storm comes up, which was pretty common, I understand, uh, because the mountains rose out of uh, the, the sides of the Sea of Galilee. It wasn't unusual for the temperatures and everything to, to create a storm um, down on the sea. And uh, so as Jesus and his, his disciples are crossing over in several boats, I, interesting little phrase here. And, you know, there are no bridges back in that day to speak of. So if you wanted to get across a lake, you either had to walk around or if you could get a boat, you could go across. And that was uh, the choice that Jesus made was to go across. And uh, it's interesting, verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him, Jesus, along just as he was. Isn't that an interesting phrase, taking Jesus just as he is? And I think that means he was tired. He was tired and worn out. And they took him just as he was. But there, there are other lessons that you could probably get out of that as well. And, and so this storm comes up. 
And you think that four of the disciples at least were skilled fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, knew how to handle a, a boat, knew about the storms on the Sea of Galilee because that's where they had worked all their lives. And um, even with all their skills, they were about to lose the boat, that the waves were coming up over the top. They couldn't bail out as fast as it was coming in, and they were, they were fearful for their lives. And they asked an interesting question in, in verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? What a question to ask Jesus. Teacher, don't you care? And this is the man, just if you just back up in, in Mark's gospel, he's the man who has cast out an evil spirit in chapter 1, has healed many, including uh, Peter's mother-in-law, has healed a man with leprosy, has healed the paralytic in chapter 2, who was lowered through the ceiling. And, and, and they've seen all of this, all of his caring for other people, and they have the audacity to ask Jesus, Teacher, don't you care about us? And um, Jesus didn't do anything, didn't answer the question. He just calmed the storm. I, I learned a while back in studying the Bible that sometimes the chapter divisions come at odd places. And I think this is one of those, that chapter 5 of Mark answers their question. Teacher, don't you care about us? Um. As they cross the Sea of Galilee, the ship is coming in to, to the mountainside uh, to dock there. And uh, there they see a man who is, uh, who is in terrible shape. And uh, Mark 5 gives us the answer to the question. Uh, could Jesus, not only could Jesus care about his disciples, I think Jesus in Mark chapter 5 is saying, I can even care about this man. And here he comes. Um, care about a man who's demon-possessed. Can you care about a man who's demon-possessed? Jesus said, I can care about you guys who kind of have it together, but I can also care about a man who is demon-possessed. Uh, I can care about a man who lives among the tombs. He is so wild and crazy that he can't live among civilized people. The only people he can get along with are dead people. But I care about him, Jesus says. Jesus says he could care about a man who couldn't be bound with chains, that he was so dangerous around other people that his relatives, his friends, the city people had, had tried to bind him with chains, and yet he was so strong with the demon possession, so violent that he could break those chains. He was totally uncivilized. He was, he was naked, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs. As the, as the ships approach the shore, they see this guy who is an absolute mess. I mean, his life is an absolute mess. Demon-possessed, living among the dead, can't be bound with chains, naked, crying at the top of his voice, screaming out day and night, and now he's running down the mountainside toward, toward their boats. 
And I, I can see the disciples backpedaling, you know, trying to, you know, oh, you don't want to land here. Uh, you know, let's, let's pull out. Let's get away from here. But Jesus, I think, is making the point. I care. I care about you. You ask me, teacher, don't you care? And I didn't answer, Jesus said. But I'm showing you that not only do I care about you, guys who, who think enough of me that you think you want to follow me, I even care about this guy that nobody wants to be around. One of the greatest gifts of a Bible school teacher is to truly care about your students. There are a lot of shortcomings that we might have as teachers. We might not have the depth of Bible knowledge that we would like to have. We might not be trained in the best teaching methods that are out there. We might not have the greatest skills. We might not be artsy crafty in, in young people's class. We might not be musically inclined to be able to sing little children's songs. But you know what really matters most is that you care. Uh, there, there is no substitute for caring for those that you're trying to teach. And, and I, I think that's the point that Jesus is trying to get across to, uh, to his followers at this point. That if you want to truly follow me when I'm dead and gone, when I've gone back to heaven to be with the Father, I want you to be caring people. I want you to be the kind of people that no matter who you run into, what their background is, what baggage they've got in their lives, what their struggles are, you care about them. You care about them. In the love of God, you care about them. And that will make a difference. That will overcome all kinds of shortcomings, all kinds of weaknesses that we might have. Uh, Jesus, the master teacher, deeply cares about each one of us. And he wants us to be caring people in his name, in our Bible classes, in our homes, in the workplace, in our neighborhoods. He wants us to be caring people and to reflect his nature. Teacher, don't you care? And he said, yes, I care even about this crazy guy. And we need to be the same kind of people. Who, who love and care about everybody. This morning, I just want everybody here to know that, that Jesus cares about you, about every one of you, that Jesus knows your circumstances, that Jesus knows what you've been through, Jesus knows the problems that you're facing, Jesus knows your struggles, and He loves you anyway. He cares about you anyway. And he wants to invite you into his kingdom to be a part of his family, no matter what your background is, no matter what your struggles are. He cares about you. And if you've already made that decision to follow Jesus and receive his love and his care, how well are you doing at reflecting that out to other people? How, how strongly is Jesus shining out of your life for others to see? And if, if you need to do work in that area, we would encourage you this morning. This church would be happy to pray with you and encourage you to do a better job of caring about the people that you run into in your life. Uh, whatever your need might be this morning, we would just encourage you to, uh, 
to let the leaders of this church know by coming to the front as uh, as we sing this uh, song of invitation together. Won't you come?